Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. In this podcast, you will find that there is no topic off limits and that we talk about just about everything that might be on your mind when it comes to knowing yourself, growing yourself, and the entire process of spiritual awakening. You will hear lots of laughter and hopefully join in, and you will hear the occasional four-letter word. You will definitely hear some inspiration, and occasionally you might even get your ass kicked. Come hang out and see what it's all about. Let's do this. I'm sure at some point in time, every single one of us has called someone selfish. If not to their faces, at least in our heads, but probably to their faces. Sometimes people seem really selfish. But the truth is, not that many people are actually selfish. Selfish is completely lacking consideration for someone else because your only concern is personal profit and personal pleasure. There are very few people outside of reality TV shows trying to win a million dollars that are actually genuinely, intrinsically selfish. Most people are actually self-centered, and that is different. It's better, and I'm going to tell you why. For one thing, when you can identify it as self-centeredness instead of selfishness, you can be a little more patient and forgiving because self-centeredness is actually a form of self-defense. It is a preoccupation with yourself and your own affairs with your own wants or needs, where your only concern is your world because that's all you can think about. It's a little obsessive and it often manifests as defensiveness or imposing upon someone else. It it really stems from insecurity. And sometimes literally just from like intelligence or bandwidth, so to speak. You know, for example, If I wake up in the morning and I tell my son that I did not sleep well and I have a headache and I just want some coffee and a few minutes to wake up, he will be extremely responsive to that. Oh, mommy, I'm so sorry. I love you. Give me a hug. And then 30 seconds later, he turns up his music really loud. That's not him being selfish. That's not having the bandwidth to think outside of what he wants to do and to just not even make the connection between how it would affect me. Granted, he's 10, but (laughs) there's that. But there are people who are caught in self-centeredness, and it has nothing to do with whether or not they love us or care about us or anything else. We can be understanding when we recognize that it's truly non-intentional and that In most cases, they would be truly horrified if they could see clearly how they were forgetting to remember us. Self-centeredness is is not not caring. It's not forgetting about you. It's just not remembering about you. (laughs) Self-care is the goal. Self-care is what each of us as spiritual people should be living in. And I don't just mean like taking time to take a bubble bath or something, though, you know, that's great. You have, (laughs) please take, if you need somebody's permission to go take a bubble bath or do something nice for yourself, please take it, you've got it. But 
self-care in the form that I'm talking about is having concern, care for other people, but not at the expense of the self. It requires narrowing our circle and broadening our view. Yes, I care if my husband is in a bad mood. I wish he was in a good mood, but not to the point that I'm going to let it put me in a bad mood or that I'm going to sit there and, you know, be the butt of his bad mood, (laughs) right? Self-care is managing our relationships, whether it's in the ones that are close, just giving someone space or are not trying to insist that they behave a certain way if they're not feeling it. Sometimes it's removing toxic people. Peace is the ultimate goal. And if somebody robs you of that and you can't disconnect from the part of them that is destructive to you, then you need to disconnect from the person. The entire goal of this life school is actually self-love, self-love, self-validation, self-awareness, self-support, all of it. We need to be truly, intrinsically, deeply, completely, I could throw as many words as possible on it, autonomous, where that partnership is icing on the cake. That partnership, any kind of relationship with any kind of person, any kind of relationship with a job or a hobby or anything else, this should maximize our solo effort towards self-love. Yes, it's a fine line, not selfishness, not at all. But that focus on that, the only thing we can fix is ourselves. The only person that we can make feel worthy or valid or loved or supported or anything else is ourselves. If we're able to do that for somebody else, it's because they are allowing us to. And that's it. It is intrinsic, always in every single circumstance, unless you were talking about a tiny child. My kids are 10. Sometimes I have to remind them and encourage them to let me carry the burden, to trust me to let them know if they need to be worried or concerned or anything else. They are already too old for me to take that on for them and have it just fix the problem. They have to choose to allow me to have that power. So if that is going on at 10, what do you think about 20 or 40 or 60? No, there is no one out there that can do it for you and there's no one that you can do it for. It is an inside job. It is an inside job. And therefore, we are required to recognize our own triggers, to tell ourselves our own truth, the real truth, to view the other side on purpose, to remind ourselves that things are good and that we are safe focus on gratitude instead of lack. Gratitude is literally (laughs) like a flip of the, the script, right? It's this 180. I've been talking a lot to people about taking the 180 lately. Just look at the other side of it. Look at it the other 
way. View it in a different light. You might think somebody is judging you. They might be silent and blank-faced in awe of your glory, <laughs> right? We don't know. You don't know. I'll give you an example. And this is going to make me sound very human, <laughs> maybe a little not nice, but my husband and I like reality TV, not like the dating shows. We like the competition shows, right? Where it's people like competing and at the end they win a million bucks, right? We like those. You've heard me talk about Survivor many times, probably. <laughs> so we were watching one the other day and granted, everyone in the cast is lovely and attractive people. They wouldn't be on TV if they weren't. But there is one young, young woman who I find unattractive. It's not just her looks. It's also her the way she talks and the things she says. Not a wonderful person. But I was talking about her physical beauty when I looked at my husband and I said, man, I find her unattractive. He looks at me shocked. He's like, you're kidding. And I was like, no, are you kidding? And he says to me, I was literally just thinking that she is the prettiest one. I was dumbstruck for a minute. Like, we forget how different people view the world. I would have never guessed. If you asked me to guess, if he had asked me to guess who is the prettiest one, she would have not even been on the list. But for him, she is the prettiest one. Of course, I made some silly comment about, well, that's why you think I'm pretty because you think that's pretty. But that I was just being silly and stupid. <laughs> the truth is, it sends my whole point home. Something I'm trying to get people to understand every day, which is that we see the world through different lenses and therefore we are not capable of making somebody okay and they are not capable of making us okay and we cannot make them not self-centered and we cannot make them the center of our world. We, we can't do this. We have to be complete independent people, not compartmentalized, okay, but healthy, healthy duality, two complete people walking through the world. And even within parts of ourselves, right, we want to be integrated and authentic, but there are parts of ourselves that are not necessary in every part of life. I cannot take the same part of me that sits with my clients for hours in a day having conversations where I am essentially calling people out and telling them what they need to do differently and holding them accountable for their spiritual awakening and their life and their choices and their relationships, whatever it is. I cannot take those conversations, that version of myself, and just take her to have a conversation with my husband or my children or a friend. How exhausting would I be to be around if all I was ever doing was helping you correct everything instead of just letting you be a person? That would be awful. There is some level of healthy duality. When I step out of my office, I'm still Jennifer. I still know the things that I know and see the things that I see. And if the universe opens the door for the conversation, absolutely. I wouldn't be being a good friend or a good partner, a good mother, if I didn't bring things up or respond when asked. But it can't be that same version of me that sits at my desk and recognizes what that time there is for when I'm exchanging energy and conversation with someone. 
I can't take the same version of me that records this podcast and use her really anywhere else unless I'm public speaking, right? Because I am talking for a really long time and nobody wants to listen to someone else talk for this long unless they are mentally prepared. I'm going to sit down and listen to this podcast. You don't have a social conversation where someone talks for 10, 15, 20 or more minutes without stopping. I can't have this version of me that just lets my thought go on and tangent after tangent be me the mom, me the wife, me the friend. I have a client who's a lawyer. I literally told her to imagine when she leaves her office taking off like a judge's robe and putting on a heart necklace like the tin man from The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> right? Not because we're putting on a false facade. That's not it. We're not compartmentalized. It's healthy duality. Which part of me takes the lead in this part of the beautiful tapestry that is my life? This is love. It is self-love. It is love of others. Everyone needs to be treated as who they are. We cannot treat everyone the same. We cannot treat every situation the same. The only person that we know we can treat the exact same every time is ourselves. And so we go back to what is self-care? Yes. I am concerned. Concerned seems like a strong word. I think every day all the time about my husband and my children, but not at the expense of myself, not at the expense of my purpose, my job, my ability to help others. That's who I am. I can't let that get in the way. We all have things that have to be set down. Not put in a box, not hidden away, just set down just for a moment so we can be clear. And sometimes in order to love someone, we have to set down our self-centeredness. It's not all about us. Even if our partner, our friend, our child, whoever can't seem to ever make things not all about them. That doesn't mean we should follow suit. If anything, we should keep being a glowing example of the opposite, right? People learn more often than not through osmosis. And so we recognize the privilege that it is to be able to sit in a healthier mindset and we recognize without judgment that the people around us are doing the very best that they can. Even the intrinsically selfish is usually operating out of some sense of fear, more often than not ingrained in them as a child. Worthiness. We deserve to love ourselves, to honor ourselves. We deserve to recognize that we are different than even the people we care about the most. We will choose a different meal at a restaurant. We will find a different person attractive. We will be triggered by different ideas. <laughs> Beloved, our triggers are just like a pinball game anyway, right? The ball goes into action. That spring hits the ball or whatever. It, it launches it outward. That's the trigger. And where it goes from there is 100% up to us. We start flipping those flippers 
And we either keep that ball in play, flinging all over the place, or we can just let it go. Those flippers <laughs> are our inner dialogue. What conversation are you having with yourself? Are you mulling over how much time you're having to spend on your work away from home or doing some task? Or are you being grateful that you have something to look forward to? Just flip the script, 180, flip it over. What's the other side? Maybe you're frustrated at the noise in your home. What's the other side? You have people that love you in the next room. Maybe the kids are being loud and you're having trouble concentrating. But if you pause, what are they doing? They're laughing. They're enjoying each other. Gratitude. They're friends. My babies are friends. We can flip things over. And then our energy changes. And even if we have to intervene, even if we have to go ask the kids to be quiet, even if we have to tell our partner that what they have done is too far beyond our ability to ignore it, that it, it really hurts our feelings, it needs to change. That we wouldn't be being a good partner if we didn't let them know because this is going to affect other relationships or their work or something else. Sometimes we have to have hard conversations. Sometimes they are not fun. Sometimes they are uncomfortable. That's okay. Sometimes uncomfortable is love. What happens when you don't talk about what's uncomfortable? The relationship disintegrates. And by the time a moment comes along that could heal it, it's too late. The connection is gone. It's not selfish to need to talk about something that you need if it is damaging your ability to self-love, to care about yourself, to acknowledge your needs. It is not self-centered if you need to share with somebody how their behavior is affecting your world. It's only self-centered if you cannot hear them at all. If you cannot compromise, if you cannot recognize that what they were doing was not to hurt you. If you can't listen, if they need to talk. And beloved, if they are self-centered, if they are caught in that need for self-protection that makes it impossible for them to see outside of their own world, their own experience, don't retreat. Pause. Listen to what they have to say. Let them finish. Acknowledge it. Consider it a privilege that you are able to do so. Because once they are done, they will be able to hear you. Only a selfish person cannot. A self-centered person just needs to be validated first. We don't have to be that person. I don't think you would have been listening to me talk for the past 18 minutes if you were that person. We cannot fix the self-centered. We cannot tell them as many times as possible that they're self-centered or selfish and get them to change. That's not how it works. We can only be the best version of ourselves and recognize that that will help them.
that they will bear witness to our experience and that that will make a difference. Tell the people that you love what you need. Don't take it personally if they can't. Do it yourself. Care for yourself. Validate yourself. Love yourself. And they will be able to. You'll see the difference. Your eyes will be clear. I don't believe that we are supposed to punish someone for their inability to see outside of themselves. All we can do is recognize any reflection of that in ourselves and make sure that we are not doing the same thing. We also have to be strong, beloved, because when we create boundaries, people will accuse us of things that are not true. And so we fearlessly look at ourselves. Am I being selfish? No, definitely not. Am I being self-centered? Think about it. Pause long enough to really think about it. Ask yourself, am I unable to see their point of view? Am I unwilling to care about what they want? Chances are the answer to that is no. Or again, you wouldn't still be listening to my voice after 20 minutes. You do not have to apologize for self-care. You may say, I'm sorry if this feels painful. I'm sorry if you cannot understand this. I love you. I care about you. But this conversation, this moment, this relationship, this whatever it is, does not work for me any longer. Narrow your circle, broaden your view. Think about those flippers on the pinball machine. What is your inner dialogue? Are you sitting around thinking what a selfish jerk that person is? Are you recognizing this is an expression of need? Or a lack of bandwidth. Maybe she's just not capable in this moment. And yeah, sure, maybe it would be nice if she was, but she's not. So the universe is asking me to support myself. The universe is asking me to look farther out into my tapestry of loved ones. Maybe it's just time to sit quietly with the universe. And listen. Listen for the answers. Maybe they're from some little brunette with a podcast. <laughs> Maybe they're from deep inside of you. Maybe it's the voice of your grandmother or some silly sitcom from the 80s. Or maybe it's already deep inside of you. Allow yourself to grow in self-love and self-validation. Your self-worth will rub off on others and you will get to watch it grow. Until next time, beloved, namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall.
It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.